Hi everyone and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm your host, sommelier Aaron Ozer, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. Now for those of you who are new, I have been a sommelier for almost 20 years now, and it is my passion and my privilege to bring you the stories and information about the world's wines, beers, and spirits. And my goal is to have you be just as enthusiastic as I am about discovering all the different flavors that await you that you can enjoy in your glass. Now in today's episode, I'm going to be taking a bit of a side trip in that I'm not going to be talking about a wine today. Instead, I'm going to be talking about Irish beer and Irish whiskey. The reason being is that St. Patrick's Day is just a few days away and I know many wine lovers who on St. Patrick's Day enjoy a glass of Guinness or a glass of Irish whiskey but maybe don't know that much about it. So today I'm going to fill in the blanks and in today's episode I'm going to be answering some of the key questions I get about Guinness and Irish whiskey, such as what's with the widget in the beer can, that little thing that bounces around, and what's the difference between Scottish whiskey and Irish whiskey. So if you have questions, I have answers. Let's get started and dive right into celebrating all things Irish. start today's episode with Guinness beer. The first thing I need to say is that if you are already a fan of Guinness beer, you are not alone. It is one of the world's most famous and enjoyed beer styles to the tune of over 10 million pints of Guinness are sold every single day around the planet. So if you are a fan, you are in great company. Now, if you haven't tried a pint of Guinness before, this is a great time to try. If you have taken my palate personality quiz and you know that you are either vivaciously versatile or fabulously fruity, then a pint of Guinness is going to go right into that flavor profile that you're already enjoying. So if you haven't done your palate personality quiz yet, definitely head on over to winegirlacademy.com and take the quick quiz. It's only eight questions and you're going to get a whole bunch of information about you. Now, back to Guinness. Now Guinness we classify as a porter and the recipe of Guinness is a simple one. We have brewer's yeast, water, hops, which gives us a preservative but a bitter sensation as well, and malted barley. Now the malted barley, the way we toast it, we roast that barley, is going to give us those coffee flavors, those rich dark toast flavors if you will, and that's some of the magic of the Guinness. And so anywhere you are serving a big red wine, such as Cabernet or a Melbeck, you could also put in a Guinness instead. It's going to give you that same big, bold, bitter, roasted flavors that we definitely enjoy when we enjoy a big glass of red wine. Guinness was founded in 1959 by a gentleman by the name of Arthur Guinness, and it has been there in Dublin ever since. The Guinness Distillery is Ireland's most visited tourist site, and you can visit it today when you visit Dublin. If you are planning a trip, definitely put that one on your list. You're going to want to stop by and have a pint in its home base. One of the most common questions I'll get asked about Guinness is what's with the shaky thing in the can? It's called a widget. So what's that little chunk of something in the can that you can hear moving around if you're enjoying Guinness poured from a can? And that little widget, as we refer to it, is a master of science to the tune that it received the Queen's Award for Technology in 1991. It actually beat out the internet. It was so innovative. So what does the widget do? 
the widget is there to ensure that if you are enjoying a glass of Guinness from the can, that you're gonna get the same experience as a pint of Guinness poured from the tap. And what that widget does is it creates the frothy, velvety, silky foam on top when you pour your glass of Guinness from the can. The widget activates when the can is open. Inside the widget, there's some nitrogen and a bit of beer, and it goes to work so that when you pour it, it's creating a frothiness so that it's going to give you that beautiful frothy head on your beer when you're enjoying it. So you might not have known what it did before, but it's there on purpose. Now you know that it is there to ensure that you have the closest experience as possible when pouring your beer from a can than if you were receiving it poured from the tap. Now, in regards to pouring it from the tap, you might have heard the phrase, a Guinness can't be rushed. And the reason we have these phrases of basically there's no rushing the pour of a Guinness is that it's basically an art form. And if you have been a bartender or you know bartenders, you will know that it is a fine science to pour a proper glass of Guinness. There's actually six definable steps in pouring a pint of Guinness from the tap and even to the point of the angle, which is a 45 degree angle and a hundred and 19.5 second break in the pour to allow the settling and the head to form. It's a bit of a magical process to pour a glass of Guinness, but it is a true art form. So if you order one, if you're at the pub, know that it's just gonna take a few extra minutes because they wanna get it right for you. Now, if you are enjoying Guinness, it's going to be served a little bit warmer than if you are enjoying Lager. We want it just a touch cooler than room temperature in that. And what that does, much like red wines, and we serve those warmer as well, because there's so much aromatics and those deep, rich flavors, if we serve it a little warmer, they're going to be a little softer and more expressive for you. So Guinness, while served with a slight touch of chill, it's not gonna be full on cold, like if you're enjoying a Lager beer. Now for food pairings, classically we will serve a glass of Guinness with short ribs, oysters, the saltiness of the brine of the oysters and the smokiness and toastiness of the beer. It's divine if you haven't tried it and you are an oyster fan, you're missing out. Also short ribs, shepherd pie, think coffee crusted steak, smoky cheeses will also be good, but you're looking for those big bold flavors as well as dark chocolate desserts. So if you have not had sort of dark chocolate brownies or dark chocolate lava cake with a glass of Guinness, highly recommend you put that on your must try list. Now you may have heard of a black velvet cocktail. This is a controversial cocktail in that it is a mix of Guinness beer and French champagne. Now, champagne purists will say, you don't put Guinness in champagne. Guinness drinkers feel the same about, please don't put champagne in my beer. However, it's an interesting story about how this cocktail came about. And this cocktail was created in 1861 with the death of Prince Albert, who was the husband of Queen Victoria. And when he passed away, the Dublin-based bartender felt that even champagne should be dressed in black for the mourning of Prince Albert, and therefore he created the cocktail as a sign of respect by blending the Guinness and the French champagne together into one cocktail. So if you haven't tried that cocktail, you will most definitely see that on a St. Patrick's Day menu. Those are some quick based facts for you about Guinness. So when you order it, hopefully now you'll have a new appreciation for one, how cool that widget is inside the bottle, but also the purpose that it serves, why Guinness pour won't be rushed and the art form that it is. 
If you are already a fan of Guinness, you know that you are in good company with the millions of pints being served every single day around the world. And you have some food pairing ideas as well, whether it's for St. Patrick's Day or any time of the year. Now that you have a better understanding about all the cool things about Guinness, let's shift gears and move over into Irish whiskeys. Now, one of the most common questions I will get asked is about what is the difference between Irish whiskey and Scottish whiskey. So let's break down a few of the differences and then I'm going to share with you some fun facts about Irish whiskey as well that are going to help you the next time you're looking to pick up a new bottle from the wine shop or you're looking at the whiskey menu and wondering which one to try. The first difference between Irish whiskey and Scottish whiskey is going to be the spelling. Irish whiskey is always going to have an E in its name and this is also the same for Canadian whiskey. So Scottish whiskey, no E. Irish and Canadian whiskeys are going to have an E. So that's the first difference. The other main difference is that generally Scottish whiskeys are going to be peated and peat brings that smokiness and aromas and flavors that we enjoy in Scottish whiskeys. Generally, Irish whiskeys are unpeated, which means that there is none of the smokiness, aromas, or flavors in the glass. This typically means that we refer to Scottish whiskey being a fuller style. They are more, more masculine or robust in some of their flavors that they offer in the glass, where Irish whiskeys can be a bit more softer, potentially a bit more elegant in how they come through in the glass. Some will say that you experience more of the layers of flavors in an Irish whiskey because they are a bit more delicate without that peat flavor that comes through in Scottish whiskey. As always, you will be the judge for your own palate. Some will say an Irish whiskey is a whiskey for the summertime. It's a little bit lighter in its expressiveness and its texture. So Irish whiskeys, potentially you have Scottish in the winter, Irish in the summer, your choice. But Irish whiskey in my mind is always a wonderful choice. The other difference is how they are made. Typically Irish whiskeys are made in a pot still. So when we do distilling, we can either do things in a pot, which is a batch based process or a continuous still, which means that it's always distilling the product. A pot still will say is a more artisan crafted product in that you're doing things one batch at a time and then you move and you start fresh each time. The distillation process for Irish whiskey also is generally three times where Scottish whiskey is done twice, potentially in a mix between a pot still or a continuous still. So Irish whiskey typically done in a pot still and distilled three times. Again, giving us a bit more of a smoother spirit. The number of times we take it through the distillation process, we take off some of those harsh flavors and textures, and that's the reason for doing it. Now, both Irish and Scottish whiskey have a requirement of aging for a minimum of three years. Irish whiskeys by law have to be aged within Ireland and Scottish whiskeys must be aged in Scotland as well. So you can't take them around the world and age them in different places. They have to be on their home base to be aged. Now, can distillers exceed that minimum required of aging? Of course, and that will be denoted on the bottle or in the style of the whiskey distillery, and they'll share that with you on their labeling. Now, the other cool fact about Irish whiskey is that they came first. So they were in place before Scottish whiskey came about to be known to the world. The first Irish whiskey distillery was Old Bush Mills, and they've been in place since 1608. Now, they were officially registered in 1784, and then Scottish distilleries weren't far behind, but they came around in the 1800s. So Irish whiskey was 
first in play, and it was the monks who started off with the distillation process of the pot still, and then the whiskey tradition and expertise moved over to Scotland, and they picked up their whiskey culture in the 1800s. But Ireland gets the designation of being our first whiskey producer. In regards to categories of Irish whiskey, we have four of them, and I'm going to talk about the two main ones you're going to see. You're going to see single malt, which is going to be made with malted barley, and a single malt has to be done by a pot still at a single distillery. And these are, let's call them our sipping whiskey. We generally don't make cocktails of these. You enjoy them for the tradition and the expertise of the craft of whiskey making that is in the glass. So a single malt whiskey, whether it is Irish or Scottish, Generally, we don't use those in cocktail creations. Now, the other main type of Irish whiskey you're going to see is a blended style. And a blended style of Irish whiskey can be made in either a single distillery or multiple distilleries, can be made with different grains, so may not just be barley, and it can be produced in either a pot still or a continuous still. And while single malts are fantastic for easy sipping as well, definitely an enjoyable experience, they are also our whiskey style that if you are looking to make an Irish coffee or a cocktail with a whiskey base, then definitely a blended style of Irish whiskey is preferable to use over a single malt, which is going to give you more of that artisan craft shine through in the glass, where a blended style has lots of great flavors, easy sipping, but traditionally we will use those more in cocktail making. A little bit of a tip there. Now for food pairings with whiskey, some people prefer just to have whiskey on their own, but some other great choices are going to be to enjoy it with some dark chocolate, a collection of nice cheeses, blue cheese, many people will find is a nice sharp bite to kind of balance out the whiskey, some red meat or steaks people will enjoy, and smoked salmon. I am definitely a fan of smoked salmon on some rye bread and a little bit of whiskey. Definitely a favorite pairing of mine, but you're going to play and find pairings that you enjoy. I have two sommelier tips, if you will, in regards to serving Irish whiskey, but also Scottish whiskey, and that's just a dab of water. So whether you like ice in your whiskey or not, that's going to be a personal choice. If you are using ice, my sommelier trick is always make sure you're using ice that is made from distilled water. We don't want to use tap water ice and put that into a beautiful glass of whiskey. So if you are at home, make sure that you're making your ice from filtered water. And if you are in a restaurant, you may want to ask, especially if you're looking at the higher tiered whiskeys you want to enjoy and you want ice in your glass, just to ensure that that ice has been made with distilled water. The other tip I have for you is just a drop of water. And some people will literally use an eyedropper. What the drop of water is going to do for you is lower the heat. It's going to just take a little bit of that alcohol flip sensation that comes off of a whiskey. So you're going to feel that in your nose, your nasal cavity is going to feel warm. We also have this experience when we are trying wines and you'll hear people say this wine is hot. It's the same with whiskeys. And we use a touch of water just to lower the heat. As we say, that means that you're not going to feel that sort of burning sensation into your nasal cavity, as well as when you swallow the whiskey on the finish, that touch of water is just going to mellow that heat feeling a little bit and help you experience more of the, the finite and elegant flavors and aromas coming off the whiskey. So just a drop of water can do magic into your experience of enjoying a glass of whiskey. The other really exciting part about Irish whiskey I want to share with you is its growth around the globe. So in 2013, we only had four Irish whiskey distillers, 
but the growth and the acceptance of Irish whiskey around the world as people embrace it and start to love it and enjoy it more. We're looking to have over 20 distilleries by 2023. So very exciting. You're going to see more artisan Irish whiskeys coming out, more individual bottlings. So look for those at your favorite wine shop or definitely look for those online if you are a whiskey collector. Irish whiskey is really coming to the forefront of having some wonderful and delicious elegant whiskeys for you to add to your whiskey collection. So let's just recap what we've covered today. So we talked about Guinness and what a cool historical beer style that it is. You now understand what that widget in the can does, how it works, the art of the pour of Guinness and how it can never be rushed. And you have some great food pairing ideas in regards to pairing it up and trying some foods with it. We've just finished talking about Irish whiskey. So you'll know now that always is spelt with an E, that you have four styles, but the two main ones you're going to see are going to be a single malt and a blended style. And when we look at those blended styles, they're delicious on their own, but also those are the whiskeys you're going to use if you're making an Irish coffee or a cocktail. So we traditionally use blended style whiskeys in cocktails and the single malts we leave in the glass. And one of the biggest differences between Scottish whiskey and Irish whiskey is going to be that influence of peat, that smokiness in the glass. Irish whiskeys do not have that peat experience, therefore a bit of a smoother experience in the glass on the palate. So if you are not a fan or it's just something that's maybe too strong for your palate, those smoky aromas and flavors in Scottish whiskey, then Irish whiskey is definitely something you're going to want to give a try to. I hope that I have inspired you to Take a wander through your wine shop, take a look at the goodness collection, figure out if you want a pack of four, if you want battles, if you're gonna sit in the pub and have a pint and celebrate St. Patrick's Day in a group of great friends, and for Irish whiskey, definitely take a wander over to the whiskey wall and see all the different ones that are available for you. Remember, you're dating back history here to 1608. It is the world's first recorded whiskey. They get credit first, Scotland came second, and a wonderful way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Have wonderful celebrations. Have a great week. As always, it's been wonderful to hang out with you. Be sure to like, subscribe so you never miss an episode. These come out every Tuesday, and I'm so happy to spend time with you. Cheers to you. Bye now.